the Monty Show right here, everywhere you want your <laughs> podcast. Uh, true story. Right before we started this show, we were mocking Facebook for going offline yesterday and rejoicing at how great it was not to have Facebook or Instagram. And then the internet quit working at our house. Well, so well, well. We had to reset <laughs> the internet. Uh, thanks a lot, Bezos. Or whatever, whatever your name, not Bezos. Uh, you uh, know. Zuckerberg and Z- stuff. Zuckerberg. I saw that yesterday, too. Nice congressional hearing. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, anyway, you know, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we've got to get to uh, Monday Night Football in just a bit because my guy... Yeah, I mean, were you aroused, like, the entire game last night? I mean, I did watch the game naked on a leather couch. Really? Wow. Okay. So, that it got intense. Justin Herbert's very good. Who's the best young quarterback in the NFL? Oh, it has to be Herbert, for sure. Right now? Yeah, Justin Herbert. No, it's not. It's Justin Hebert. Okay, sorry. And uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, if you're building an NFL franchise, you're probably taking Patrick Mahomes number one. But I think Justin Herbert has to be a close number two. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right there. And I, and I think, you know, they were saying on Get Up this morning that the Chargers are better than the Chiefs. And I'm not ready to say that quite yet, but I think that... Well, they did beat him in Arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, it's one game, you know. Uh, the Chargers need to show that they can, they can do this the whole year, not have issues. They need to go to yeah. the postseason, yeah. go to the Super Bowl. They got a lot to prove still, so... Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, he's playing a hell of a brand of football right now. And as much as I hate anybody with the last name Bosa, uh, that defense is unbelievable in San Diego who plays in L.A. in the Rams stadium because everybody hates them. Um, I'm telling you right now, show me your lightning bolt. Okay. I feel better. Okay. Uh, you should show me your lightning bolt. That's it's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal in some states, so please do be careful. But my point is telling you, man, the Chargers are for real. Yeah. And I actually think that, I mean, obviously the Raiders lost that game, but the Raiders are for real too. Don't just write off the Raiders. The Raiders. Because Derek Carr, who also, by the way, that's my guy. What's an erection? Right? I mean, if you if I had to say to you right now, NFL MVP is, who would you say? Uh, I'd probably go with Herbert right now. Herbert or Dak. Yeah. But you wouldn't be outlandish if the Raiders make the playoffs. And I'm not saying they will because they do this every year. They start well, and then they crash. But I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying, but I'm just saying that they're saying. And stuff. And stuff. Right. Okay. You know. Right. Dane's first one in. He says, morning, boys. Giggity says, good morning, fellas. Giggity. Uh, Hope little giggity's well. Uh, Brylark says, morning, boys. The Chargers are a great football team. Excited to see how far they go this year. With that defense... The question is, how long is Austin Eckler going to be healthy? Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, Kyler Murray's short. Austin Eckler's shorter. <laughs> you know. Um, jo- uh, Justin, J-U-S-T-O-N. Chesney says, let's go. Kevin Blissett says, good morning, machachos. Hello. Uh, you know. James Knight has a question for you, Jake. Oh, how they hanging? Still low, Jake? Uh, yeah, dude, like, like incredibly. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. So good start to the show. Way to show up on time. Yeah. Now let's ruin your, your, uh, hopes and dreams with BYU because, uh, we have an update <laughs> on the quarterback. Yeah. Not funny, but funny. Uh, we have an update on the quarterback situation in Provo and it's not a good one. Um, 
Jaron Hall is likely not to play this game. Um, you know, we had been told he was dealing with a rib injury, kept him out last week. Uh, now multiple sources yesterday told us that he is also dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, we have been hearing about a shoulder injury for about a week now, but it was not something that was keeping, um, you know, him from playing Jaron Hall. And now all of a sudden this shoulder injury is starting to be talked about on a regular basis. I don't know how bad it is. I don't know what the scope of the shoulder injury is, but it looks like unless there's a miracle, Jaron Hall's not going to be available this week. And it does also look like uh, Baylor Romney is not going to be available with this concussion. And oh, by the way, Jacob Conover took all the ones yesterday. So it looks like it will be Jacob Conover going against Boise State. Uh, on Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Jake, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's terrifying. I, I think your perfect season is at huge risk to come to an end uh, versus versus Boise. I think that I think that the, the, the problem you face here is now the offense is not the – I mean, unless Conover has something that, that we didn't see the other night. I mean, unless truly that the week of preparation and, and everything really is going to make that much of a difference for him – um, which I don't believe it will, but but hey, maybe I'm wrong about this kid. You know, I think it's he, I just don't think he's ready to do what you know. Again, Jackson Dart did for SC. I don't think we're going to get that level of a performance out of Jacob Conover. What what I do think we're going to see a ton of is running the football, and and that does excite me. Um, I was on Twitter yesterday uh, talking to some people, and and people seem to think that that BYU hasn't you know hasn't played good teams or that this offensive line hasn't really had to go up against a legit defense yet. And what I'm telling you is it doesn't really matter who they've had to go up against. All they got to do is come out and keep doing what they've been doing, which is opening gaps and getting Algier loose at the second and third level. That's what needs to happen for them to win this game. And I would hope, frankly, that Conover uh, just doesn't turn the football over. That's all I – if I'm Kalani, that's all I'm asking of this kid. Hey, take care of the football. Do not turn the football over in this game. Hand it off and make the smart throw. If nothing's there, throw it away. We'll live to fight another day because his defense isn't too bad either. So it does terrify me that your both of your starting quarterbacks are not available. And and I, and I think in a time when a lot of questions are starting to be asked about the college football playoff and and is this the year that BYU as an independent finally gets there and you know could this be a special year a year to remember. Well, weeks like this are where years to remember go to die because this is not going to be an easy game for BYU. No, and I, I, I think it's it's Boise. It's never an easy game. It is a rivalry game to be sure. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it to me, that's what this game's about. But this is what college football's about. Obviously, it's less than ideal not to have your top two quarterbacks. But listen, you have a guy in Jacob Conover that was highly recruited this is a guy now that's going to get a week of reps with the ones all week long in practice. If indeed um, it plays out that he winds up starting on Saturday against Boise State, I think you're going to be just fine. I think that Tyler Algier is a guy that you can hand the football to. Um, you know, you're going to need your depth at running back. Obviously, Algier, Pini Katoa, the offensive line is going to have to do a deal um, you're going to have to play BYU football. This defense, uh, you know, I'm more worried about the back end of the BYU defense than I am about the quarterbacks, frankly, because you don't accidentally um, do what Jacob Conver did in his, you know, high school career and then just do nothing in college. It's very rare. Jacob Conver can throw the football. He is a good football player. And to me, 
we're going to see what he's all about against Boise State. Now, having said that, I think the biggest, the bigger issue is Harris Lachance. I mean, this well, is a guy, yeah. this injury to me, this is the one that you should be worried about because there's very little information about him right now. There is not a whole lot being said. Um, he is not practicing. They are still trying to treat this foot lower leg injury thing, um, and they need him on that offensive line. Um, I think MP is going to be fine this week. The, the Lachance injury is the one I'm really nervous about uh, because if, if, if he's not ready to go, that's a huge loss. Until he's back on that offensive line, you're not as good as you can be up front. And especially when you want to talk about a young quarterback, a, a kid that's coming in and making his first start in, in Jacob Conover, you need your best offensive line in place. And without Lachance out there, you don't have that. And that, to me, is what you should really be worried about. That's the one injury where I'm like, okay, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Well, because you can't compensate the quarterback position. You're not able to say, okay, well, Baylor's back there, so yeah. we'll just kind of we'll just sling it all over the field, and it, and it really won't be a problem. We can kind of scheme with the offensive play calls uh, that we're putting in to to get the ball out uh, quickly. But but again, that's why I say this is. I'm not saying that this BYU team solely relied on Jaron and Baylor to win games. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that is that when you have a dual threat guy back there, or when you have a guy that can just flat out bomb it down the field, that is a dynamic that you can't teach. And so, yes, I know that Conover was highly recruited, and you know he's a guy that it's no secret that he can throw the football as well, but there's a difference between being a recruit who can throw it and being a guy who's on the field with the ones doing the job. And to me, that's what I'm curious about. Like the first three possessions that he's out there, is the first possession a three and out and, and he looks awful? Or is the first possession a a five, six, seven, eight, nine play drive and it finishes in a field goal or, or something like that? You know, what like how does this game get going? What what is BYU's plan to get him into the game? Because that's definitely gonna be a thing. I mean, I, you, you got to get Conover loose and relaxed into this game. Well, and, and, and I think that, you know, guys like Isaac Rex and, and the Nakua brothers need to need to get involved early. But I also think you need to be committed to running the football heavy yeah. and, and hard during the first first. I would probably say if you're going to script your first 15 plays, yeah, probably eight or nine of those need to be runs. And the passing plays need to be comfortable you know, I, I, establishing throws for Conover. Mm -hmm. That's how I would go about it. And that would be my guess. I, I don't worry until if he comes out and looks the same way he did against Utah State, okay, I'm going to be worried. But you can't tell me that's going to happen when you have an entire week to prepare. Yeah. And you're not the number three guy. You're the number one guy. You're taking all the first team reps. You're running. A, you're preparing based on a game plan of what Boise State's going to do to you. I, I I just don't have that much concern about Jacob Conover. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's because I know him from his his high school days. We actually I don't know if you remember this. We had him on our show in Arizona when he committed. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like I I mean he's a sharp kid. Um, I, I don't worry as much as most people are worried about it. Um, I'm comfortable against Boise state with Jacob Conover out there. I hope you're right. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be the doomsday guy here. I'm just nervous about so, it. So, so go ahead. Be the doomsday I, guy. I've, I've already been being the doomsday <laughs> guy, you know, like I just don't, you know, I, 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 it, we can all agree that Conover is unproven at the college level at a minimum. We can agree with that. And so, 
yes, this is a huge opportunity for him. There's no doubt about it. I mean, how dynamic of a team do you have if both of your starters, both of your main studs at quarterback get hurt, and you just got another guy coming off the bench? I mean, if that's not the epitome of, you know, your two and three deep being really good at BYU, I, I don't know what is. So, so you know, I hope for this program that, that he can live up to it, you know, because the fact is, is he's just got to go week by week here. You're not asking Conover to take over for the rest of the season. This isn't the Charlie Brewer quit on our program situation. You've had some injuries here, and you need this guy to come in and be the Band-Aid that carries you through till Baylor. You know, basically, that's what you're looking for. So, so to me, I just think this game plan is, offensively at least, is going to be, I agree with you, early they're going to run the ball a lot, but I really do think that Isaac Rex is going to be a key part of this game. He needs to be able to get open in that 8 to 10 yard intermediate route and he needs to be open reliably. He needs to be the escape valve for when, you know, there's nothing open down the field. Yeah, I'm not, I I I would agree with you. I see but I I think we've talked about this, you know, for the first month of the season. I think Isaac Rock has to be a critical part of every game plan that they have. I think he's just such a talented player that makes such a significant difference to this football team. Yeah when he's getting the football. And I, I think when you when you run the ball as much as they do and when you have the wide receiver talent that BYU has Brigham. right now, Brigham. Uh <laughs> when you run the when you run the kind of offense they run, sometimes the tight end gets lost in the wash. But when you have a guy like Rex out there, I think you need to make sure that he does not. But I'm not at all worried about the quarterback position. I still maintain offensive line and and secondary play are going to determine BYU's fate. I, yep. I, I, I just think that's, that's the likely, the reality of it. Uh, let's get some of your thoughts in here because there's a lot of people commenting. How sure are you? Because I was told that Jaron Hall was ready to go. Well, I can only tell you, you know, I'm talking to people at BYU, um, that have, and if you look back, we told you last week that Baylor Romney was going to get the start. Um, you know, we've you also been, said Lachance wasn't going to play. Yeah, we've been pretty spot on with the information that we've been giving you. Um, and I, I'm pretty confident it's going to take a miracle for Baylor Romney to be available. And if Jaron Hall has ribs and now a shoulder, two people um, you know, told me yesterday, frankly, that um, Jaron Hall is weeks away from being 100%. Weeks from being 100%. But the question really is like could he could he suit up in a backup role? Could he be cuz my question is okay, what happens if Conover gets hurt? Now what? Now where are you going? Well, you're going to play a true freshman, that's what you're doing. I guess. I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. Like I I I mean, yeah, I know he's sitting there, but my question is okay. Okay, yeah, Jaron's weeks away from being 100%, but is he weeks away from being able to come in and play a quarter when your quarterback gets hurt in the third quarter or can he can he hold you over for five minutes? You know, like I, that's what I, I'm just curious about, you know, like how bad this is for Jaron because first it was the ribs and I was like, okay, yeah, he took a pretty big hit. You know, that's not really surprising. You know, maybe he's got bruised ribs. You know, he's not, he's just not feeling it. But then you hear about this shoulder thing and that's what I'm really curious about. What, like what, I mean, is he, does he, I mean, certainly he doesn't have like a separated shoulder or anything, but like what, what is I, it? Dude? I don't know. And, and it, when BYU, BYU plays everything very close to the vest to begin with. Yeah. Okay. So I just happen to have relationships in place that I've had for a long time since I worked here previously. And usually when 
there is a refusal to talk about a certain player or, you know, the answer is, you know, like with Harris Lachance, the thing that really bothers you um, is that you have a situation where you're getting, well, I don't, you know, there's nothing new on that. Or, you know, he's working to get back. That's when it's like, okay, this is a problem. Yeah. Right? Because like with Jaron Hall last week, you know, I got pretty good detail on that, that he was on he didn't have full range of motion. Um, the ribs are still discomfort. There's still discomfort there for him. Hey, by the way, he's also kind of battling a little thing with his shoulder. Well, okay, well then let me go ask this other guy I know who says, well, you know what? Actually, the shoulder thing's bigger than the rib thing right now. The rib thing's fine. The shoulder is the reason he didn't play last week. Hmm. And so while there are differing opinions on what that is, there's no differing opinion that, hey, this is a shoulder thing for Jaron Hall. And as a quarterback, I don't know if you know this or not, but your shoulders are pretty important. Yeah. So my feeling is, is if this is a, this is a bigger situation than we know and that we're aware of, mm -hmm. that's what worries me. Baylor Romney should be good to go against Baylor is what I would guess. God, I be hope so. Because that <laughs> concussion was described as best case scenario. Um, which it's, it's a whiplash concussion, uh, which is he fell backwards and hit his head. Um, so it wasn't helmet to helmet. It wasn't a massive collision. Um, thankfully, it, it looks like the helmet did its job in mitigating as much as possible. But there is no good situation with a concussion. Yeah. There just isn't. Um, and it, at this level, and especially the way Kalani and BYU operate, they're never going to take a risk with a kid's health. Yeah. They're, they're just not going to do it. Um, let's get in. Let's see. Dak for MVP, man. He's got a real chance if he stays healthy. Totally agree with that. Uh, CJ BYU fan. CJ says Conover for the win. Come on, young four-star Coog, beat the ponies. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's a huge opportunity for him. I mean, there there is no doubting that. I mean, th this is an opportunity to step into a a, a major program that's having yes. huge success right now and to make a name for yourself. All I'm simply saying is is if you're BYU, there's a lot on the line in this game for you. You know, you, you, you have to – obviously, it goes without saying, you got to win this game. You know, if you have any hope of getting to the college football playoff, you got to win all these games. So the path each week is is has been different for BYU, and especially now with the injuries, it just is a more I, – I, I'm not – like, I guess more difficult. I just think it's more unknown. That's the word I would use. It is an unknown path to victory other than to say – Okay, we got to get Algier and Cotillo going. We got to make sure the offensive line is disciplined with with their assignments. Yes, and then from there, hopefully, we can get Conover into the game and 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 feeling you know comfortable and loose. You know, I I just think it's one of these things where I worry about Jaron Hall's long term viability as a starting quarterback. Yeah, well, I mean, you this, should. This is, yeah, I mean, you're battling multiple injuries. I I, I just wonder. If you can rely on him to be ready to go week in and week out. And and I, I mean, I guess my overwhelming opinion is at this point, you would say no, unfortunately. And, you know, because you're dealing with a guy now who both times he's gotten a chance to start has gotten hurt. And that really concerns you. And, you know, as far as Conover goes, as much as I said this yesterday, I don't like the Jackson Dark comparisons. Well, guess what? Jackson Dark came in and threw the ball all over the place. And now... Um, you're going to get that opportunity with Jacob Conover. Yeah. Um, he's going to be able to come in and if Jacob Conover throws for 300 yards and, you know, dominates, which you would expect him to come in 300 and, three and dominate, touchdowns, you know, I don't know how you, how, how, how do you take the job from him? 
BYU is in a great, terrible position, <laughs> right? Because you have, you have, for all intent and purposes, you have a quarterback in Jaron Hall who's played good, not great, right? Mm -hmm. You have a quarterback in Baylor Romney who's played great. He's come in. Now, everybody says, well, Monty, come on. It was USF, and it was your mom's cousin's, you know, badminton team at Utah State. <laughs> I mean, Jaron Hall did it against a Pac-12. Okay, well, then don't turn around and say the Pac-12 sucks yeah. and then say Jaron Hall did it against the Pac-12, right? Yeah. Well, now you have a guy in Jacob Conover that's going to come in and he's going to start the only game that matters, yep. which is Boise State. And if he throws the ball all over the yard, I don't want to hear, well, it was Boise State. And, boy, and I get it. Boise State sucks against the run. Tyler Algiers, should have 200 more yards. Jacob Conover on offense is going to decide how well he runs, right? Because if they can't throw the ball – Boise's going to stack the box, and all of a sudden, the team that can't stop the run becomes pretty good at stopping the run. Yeah. So, my point is, this is a big moment in time, and it's a difficult position for Kalani Sataki to be in because they're going to have to decide which one of these these quarterbacks is their best fit going forward. Because I would guess two of the three will be good to go against Baylor. Yeah. Now, hopefully, good lord, um, you know, hopefully Jacob Conover stays healthy because I don't even want to talk about the possibilities past that, but. I mean, you're looking at Romney and Conover, and if I'm if I'm Kalani Sataki, I'm gonna have a hard time going back to Jaron Hall. Yeah. With all the injuries, and I, if Conover shows out, I'm probably sticking with Conover. Not that's that's just me, um, but I want a guy to be a quarterback, my starting quarterback for three years. That's what I want, and it's a tough spot for Jaron and Baylor to be in. I know that sucks, but. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think you're taking. I, I, if you're Kalani, I don't know how you can play. No matter what Conover does, you're not playing Conover over Baylor Romney. I, I think Baylor has shown that he can beat any defense and, oh. and can and do what you need him to do. Well, I would remind you that Jacob Conover is a kid that supposedly has a hose for an arm. Yeah, but that's my point. So we'll see. I mean, if he if he shows out, then it makes the conversation more difficult. But what I'm saying is is we already know what Baylor can do. You know, we already know what what he can do and 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 the effect that he has. So I think it's it's like okay, if if Conover rolls out with three or three fifty and and three touchdowns, no picks, and has that kind of game, okay, yeah, the conversation is a little more difficult. But if he's like 150, 200 yards, you know, a touchdown and a pick, okay, that's kind of an average outing, you know. So I think it just depends what he does. Yeah, and I would remind you that uh, Queen of Raps endorses Jacob Conover. Okay. He's got a national uh, an NIL deal with them. But don't forget, I mean, this kid is – Jacob Conover is a stud. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no two ways about that. I mean um, – you know, he's already served a mission. I mean, he's a mature, he's a mature guy. Um, you know, just sitting here looking at some of his high school numbers. Um, I, I think he's going to be, as a four-star recruit, was a 90 composite at 247. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, everybody wanted him. Everybody, I think every school in the Pac-12, Alabama, right? Ole Miss, South Carolina, everybody wanted him. Mm-hmm. The kid can throw the football, um, you know, and I feel like I feel like this is the the right guy for this job. And yeah, I think we'll that see. if he comes out and he throws 300, 350, three touchdowns, doesn't mm -hmm. turn it over. Algier runs for two. It's over. He's your starting quarterback until he's not.
Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't think it's that simple. I, I just, in the real, I, in okay. reality, I don't think it's that simple for the program. I don't, I don't think that you can just say like, I, I agree with you on Jaron. I think Jaron's probably out of the mix at this point, but I, I don't know how you, you say to Baylor, Hey, yeah, we're, you know, you're, you're not the starter anymore. It's Conover and that's it until he gets hurt. I think you, your, your play does the talking. Yeah. Your play, Jacob Conover has, and, and I, I don't want to get carried away, mm -hmm. but Jacob Conover has the ability to be arguably the best quarterback that BYU's ever had. Yeah. He has that kind of ability. And I want to say, and I'm going to read the quote exactly, mm -hmm. um, but Phil Steele um, said, quote, I ended up going with true freshman Jacob Conover. He's not really a true freshman. He was there all last year and competed against the scout team. If you have three quarterbacks that are dead even heading into fall, I usually go with the youngest and most talented one. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Um, he continued, I think Jacob Conover is a rare type of talent at BYU. I expect him to leave BYU as one of the best ever. This is not just another guy. Right. And if he comes in and throws the ball all over the yard and you win this game, and you and you're you're six and zero heading to Baylor. Jacob Conover's your starting quarterback, and yeah. that's why I say this is such a difficult moment in time for Kalani and the staff. I think it's incredibly difficult to ask Kalani Sataki and, and his offensive guys mm -hmm. to choose one of these quarterbacks. It's one of the most difficult decisions that they're probably ever going to make. And if Conover comes out and balls out against Boise State. And you've got to choose between him. Okay, well, I can eliminate Jaron because, well, he's injured. He's not healthy. We got to let this kid get healthy. If you got to choose between Baylor Romney and and Jacob Conover, I'm going Jacob Conover simply because he's younger and he will have showed out against Boise. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not trying to be stubborn and disagree or anything. I agree the kid's got a ton of talent, but I, I need to see him do it, right? It, it is, I understand that Phil Steele is saying this kid is great. I understand that he was a four-star recruit and he's got all the he's got all the, you know, intangibles and yeah. the metrics and the name and everything. What I'm telling you is that I don't care about any of that. I care about what's on the field and I want to see him go out. If this kid is truly a four-star recruit and he's got everything going for him, cool. He should come out and he should dominate Boise. Yeah. He should. And if he doesn't, then I think you've got one guy, not two. So so my point just is is yes, talented, great recruit, amazing job getting him into the program. Show me what you got, kid. Show me that you can do it. Show me that you can come out here after a week of preparation against a Boise team that, frankly, you should beat if you're BYU and beat them, dominate them, you know, run them up and down the field. That's that's what that's what I want to see. Well, the thing that scares you is BYU is a three-point favorite, which means this is a pickup. Yeah, they think it's going to be a really tight game. And, and in tight games, talent takes over. So, theoretically, BYU should be fine. But but I'm telling you that this is his first start at BYU. Uh, this is nervy. This is, hey, I need to get my feet under me on the field. Um, you know, let's let's complete those first couple of passes. Yeah. And then let's get going. Listen, I think that when you have the talent that BYU has, and you're playing a team like Boise, who's played one of the most difficult schedules in the country, mm -hmm. and they're, what are they, three and two? 
I it's an so. afternoon game. It's on ABC TV. I'm fired up. I can't wait. I think it's going to be a, a fantastic football game. And again, if all this plays out the way we think it's going to play out and Jacob Conover plays and MP plays and, um, you know, that defensive line seems to be back to, to 100%, uh, at least 100% availability, um, I think BYU has a very good chance to win this game. A very good chance to win this game. Mm-hmm. And if you're 6-0 and uh, heading to David Korash and company. Korash. David Korash. You're, you're going to be in good shape. All right, let's get some of the comments in here. By the way, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Uh, liking our videos helps our channel grow, which we continue to grow exponentially. Meteoric rise to the galaxy. Of awesomeness. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, we currently have 2,349 subs. I'm telling you, yesterday we were at 2,319. Now we're at 2,340. You got less than two weeks to get in Get in this thing. We're at 2,500. We now are 150 subscribers away. Got less than two weeks. We started this at 1,000 subscribers away. No. Oh, yeah, this. I, I thought you meant the show. Sorry. No, we started. Try to stay with me. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Try yeah. to stay with sorry. me. Sorry. My bad. Um, we started this Traeger Smoker giveaway at 1,500 subscribers. And we were like, hey, when we get to 2,500, we're going to give this away. Oh, okay, that's years away. All right, cool. We're 150 away. And it's been like a month and a half. <laughs> so let's go. All you have to do is subscribe to our channel. Um, then all you have to do is take a picture that you're subscribed. Tag us on social uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, and you have to tag us both, SLC Supercars, and you can win the Traeger Ironwood 650. Um, and as well, we're giving away an Xbox Series S. It's 120 frame rates per second, motherfuckers. See how I bleep myself there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're a family show. We don't What's up, motherfuckers? Okay, the drops do, but I <laughs> Uh, let's see. Casey Finlinson says, given a week of prep and knowing he's the number one, feel confident in Conover, especially with the talent that surrounds him. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, I have no doubt he's going to come out and just, he's going to show, hope, man. I hope that my gut instinct is wrong. I hope that they do great. It usually is. CJ says, I'm honestly not worried. I think we have the people around him to make it work still. Am I the only one that's worried about this Harris LeChance thing? Yeah, I mean, they're not talking about it, which tells you it's bad. It's really bad. I think he's going to be out some time. Uh, the Good Finder says A-Rod is looking more like a genius all the time. A a Roderick's done a really nice job, a really nice job with this offense. In hindsight, giving all three equal reps in fall camp looks like it was the right move for sure. I think Tyler can feed the Boise State defense, uh, gives up 200 yards rushing a game. They do. They're not great. Spencer Morgan says usually the backup QB looks far better stepping in mid game than they do after a full week of prep is number. I disagree with that. I think when you're uh, and he's not a, a typical Jacob Conover's not a, your prototypical freshman. He's just inexperienced as a starter at the college level. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to do fine. I think he with a week of you're not planning on playing. I mean, he, Baylor Romney's been pretty durable. You're not planning on playing. Like, it is – you come into the middle of a game plan. And, by the way, he did fine. There were a lot of people who were like, oh, he couldn't throw the ball. I disagree he couldn't throw the ball. Why would you Why would you not run the ball with Algier doing what he was doing? 
I mean, I, I, think, I think he was fine. I, I I understand where those people are coming from. Like, it wasn't a thing where there's a difference coming in in the middle of a game. There's there's a difference between coming in and just being able to sling it all over the place, and that's you know what won you the game, versus you know not really passing too much and just kind of handing it off. Now they were ahead. It makes sense to hand it off. I completely agree with that. Mm-hmm. But I also agree with the idea that he didn't look 100% confident out there. And I think that changes for him with the prep. So that's why I say, I don't think it's going to be a dumpster fire. I think he's going to be fine, but I'm not looking for fine. This program doesn't need fine. This program needs a guy back there who can burn you deep. This program needs a guy back there who can throw it all over the field and make you cover the entire field. And, And that's what you have in Baylor Romney. And that's why I'm saying, Hey, you know, I'm not just going to write off Baylor Romney if this kid has one nice game against Boise State. Baylor's shown he can do it uh, week in and week out. And the problem is, is Baylor is better than Boise State. So when you get to Baylor, assuming that they, they beat Boise and both of these guys are healthy, well, my instinct says that you're going with Baylor Romney. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it depends what Conover does. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I don't understand how you can just jump on the, hey, this kid's our starter train. Like, I don't know how that works, dude. Because it is very – it's very similar to Jackson Dart. Who are you starting, Keaton the Slovis or Jackson Dart? Bro, the difference is Keaton Slovis is not nearly as good as Jackson Dart. Baylor Rom- – Conover and Romney are, like, equal, according according to what everyone's saying this morning. Well, it but this is all assuming that – Jacob Conover comes out and shows on Saturday, which I expect him to. I fully expect Jake. And maybe I have too much confidence in him. I don't know. I fully expect Jacob Conover to come out and throw the football aggressively. And that's what I'm saying. So like assuming that that happens, right? Assuming that he has a good day against Boise, which theoretically he should. The difference between the SC situation and the BYU situation is Keaton Slovis is not nearly as dynamic as Jackson Dart was, you know? And, and I think that I, I think that Conover and Romney are pretty damn close, frankly. You know, if if Conover shows he can push the ball down the field when it's needed, if he shows that he can put touch on the ball down the sidelines, uh, if he shows that he can hit the pass in the flat in uh, you know, in stride for the back, you, you're like, all right, these two are the same guy. Well, and again, I'm just going to say that the secondary is going to win or lose this game for BYU. Because I think we all recognize that if there's one thing that Boise can do, it's throw the football. I mean... And mm-hmm. we've seen them. They've played an incredibly difficult schedule, not to be redundant. Um, you know, I, I just, it'll be interesting to see to see what they do. I just, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Let's just get to the game. I'm trying to me- I, I'm trying to measure my words, and I shouldn't. I, I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the secondary. That's what worries yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look great last week. Utah State ran by you. Now Utah State has some smaller, quicker guys that. Um, you know, I thought Bonner did a nice job under incredible pressure. I thought the defensive line did a really nice job. The blitz packages, the 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 scheme in disguise that, you know, uh, Tuiaki brought to that game plan against Utah State, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were still able to get the ball out and get it down the field. That worries you a little bit. All right. Um, R. Crane says starting Conover would be a problem only if you want to win. He's not ready, and the coaches have little confidence in him. That was clear. I don't know about all that. I think that's a bit harsh. I think I think I totally disagree I, with that. I, I'll, I'll, I think what we're all agreeing on, no matter what side of the fence you're on here, is that this is a huge week for Jacob Conover. 
Yeah. I mean, this is this is, you know, the best opportunity that you could possibly ask for. And I think you don't have a quarterback problem yet. I think Conover needs to go and ball out. And then you've got a quarterback problem. So let's see you do it. Listen, if you score 10 points against Boise, okay, we'll have a different conversation on Monday. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you have 10 points against Boise, he's not playing. I mean, this is Baylor Romney's job. But if he puts up 30-35, okay, different conversation. Now Now we have a quarterback controversy. I don't believe for a second that the coaching staff doesn't believe in Jacob Conover. I, I think that's crazy. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who just don't know who this kid is. I mean, when you've taken some time away from football to serve and you come back and you compete in camp and you're going up against Jaron and Baylor, you tend to get lost in the wash there. And I think that he is going to joggle your memory, jog your memory a little bit with his performance against Boise State. And if he doesn't, he won't be here period. He, this is the sad reality of college football is you're going to get one shot mm-hmm. when you're in this kid's position, when you're Jacob Conover in this current time with BYU on this incredible run, you're going to get one shot. And if you want to be the starting quarterback, the first game they play in the big 12, that happens on this Saturday for real though. That's where this happens. Yeah. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what's on the line for Jacob Conover. Mm-hmm. If he comes out and he throws the ball well, they win, they roll, he plays well the rest of the season, he's going to be your starting quarterback for the next three years. That's how college football works. It's happened time and time again. A year from now, Jackson Dart's going to be the starting quarterback and will have been. As soon as his knee surgery is healed and he's ready, my guess is they're going to give him every opportunity to take Keaton Slovis' job at SC. Because he's young, he can lead your club for the next three years. You can recruit with him. That's what you need. You need a quarterback. This is the Utah conversation Mm -hmm. we always have. The Utes don't have a quarterback that you can recruit wide receivers with, right? You want to go and win national championships? Come and play with Jackson Dart at USC. Look at Urban Meyer. He's out cheating on his wife, but on Saturdays we win football games with him as a head coach. (laughs) Okay, that was probably a stretch. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, look at our head coach here at USC, Kalani Sataki. He got BYU. Okay, I'll stop. I'm a man. Anyway, the point is. (laughs) Probably didn't help myself there at all. Uh, Eric C. (laughs) says, how about them Aztecs? Finally ranked. Yeah, your Aztecs are doing well. I mean, for being, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, where are the Aztecs? They're in New Mexico, right? New Mexico State Aztecs. That's yeah. who you mean, right? Um, I think that do, uh, uh, you mean Arizona Northern Arizona University, the Aztecs. Um, he means San Diego State. I'm being a jerk. Spencer Morgan says, "Well, Monty is really drinking the Conover Kool Aid. I'm chugging it. I'm not sipping it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> stop it." Stop it. <laughs> He's drunk on the Kool-Aid this morning. Well, and I smoke crack. Roy Wall says, uh, like I said yesterday, Hall is fragile. Conover is a deer in the headlights. Romney needs to get healthy for Baylor. What is it that you didn't see Saturday in Jacob Conover? Well, you didn't see a guy that came out and they clearly had a leash on him, right? Yes. But what? Did you see a guy that looked like a deer in headlights and was scared to be there? I saw a guy that wasn't that that it just didn't feel confident. It, it, you're 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 it didn't the throws they did make were not were not anything to write home about. I mean that's what I saw. You know, like I, I, it wasn't like you came in and you're like, all right, yes, we got this guy. This guy's coming in and and doing some nice things. It wasn't that they ran it a lot. Everybody expected them to run it a lot. But what what I think you didn't see was. You know the the 
the tight window throw or or you know taking a shot down the field if you had to or like you didn't there just wasn't much there where you were like all right this kid's capable and that's why I think people doubt him but you understand that was his first snap in three years yeah I, I get it you asked the question I'm answering the question <laughs> I'm not saying that he's not going to be capable come Saturday I'm not I, I'm sure he'll be fine but what I'm know. what I'm telling you is that you can't just assume that the kid is going to perform. And that's why I have a problem with saying, well, if he performs against Boise, it's his job. I have a serious problem with that from a team perspective because Baylor has shown you that he can do it week in and week out, and there's a high, high confidence level there. But there are a couple things to consider. And if you disagree with me on this, I'm coming over the table. And okay, just know that. Okay. They okay. were in the lead, and they were burning clock. They were okay. running the football. He was five of nine for like 50 yards. Whatever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Algier <laughs> was having a career night. He ran for 200 yards. You know, I, I, I think he did exactly. I think Jacob Conover did exactly what the ball club needed. He didn't turn the ball over. He, he, he did not look. I, I don't believe he was sacked. He moved. He was mobile. They, they got rid of the football. Mm -hmm. I just don't. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I will. All mobile gas, no break. Okay. Tanner says, uh, if BYU secondary can get healthy this week, the defense generally should be fine. Boise's going to throw the football. A They're lot. not going to run the football. They're going to throw the football. And BYU has not shown the ability to cover. I mean, if you look at you look at now, granted, you didn't have your two best defensive linemen, but you look late in that UCF or USF game, they threw the ball. You know, I, I, I think that that's what worries you. The secondary's dinged up, and, you know, Boise's got some arms and some legs. And so you, you're concerned about that. Uh, Spencer Morgan says Utah State has the best receiver in the state in Tompkins. I don't disagree with that. And he had a nice evening. That corner route for the for the the touchdown, indefensible. I don't know how you defend that. Um, you know what was it a sluggo? I guess is what you would call it. You know, but I the, the secondary worries me. Mm -hmm. Is what it, it is. The secondary worries me. By the way, I don't. I don't. Uh, I personally think Gunnar Romney is the best wide receiver in Utah. Just my opinion. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Witt looked heartbroken in his presser and openly admitted that this is the most difficult year as a coach. It's just a tough year for Utah. I think the team will bounce back with a different head coach. Because <laughs> I just don't think, you know, all this talk about retiring the number 22 and we're going to play for – I understand it's a tough season. But even before the Aaron Lowe tragedy – and by the way, did anybody watch the tick or the Snapchat Snapchat video that came out of that shooting? I mean, that's crazy to me. Just Thus, crazy. You shouldn't to me. be at house parties. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. what why would you be? Anyway, point is, um, there was something wrong with this team before the Aaron Lowe tragedy, and. They have not been the same Utah football team. Last year, throw it out, okay, because of the because of the Rona. Mm -hmm. This year, I don't know what excuse you make because again, everybody keeps talking about well the Aaron Lowe shooting and how could you expect them? And I would just remind you, um, 
that Brewer quit before the Aaron Lowe shooting. And the Brewer situation happened before that. And they were not very good before that. And they were plotting and methodical before that. And they lost to BYU before that. Mm -hmm. And they lost to San Diego State before that. I would just remind you of that. And I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but the Aaron Lowe thing is, is the, the, the tragedy that was that shooting is not what is wrong with this football team. It's not. We're going to find out who you are Saturday against USC. We're going we're gonna to figure it out. And I just think that I think there is something wrong inside that Utah football program. And I think, I think change is rapidly approaching. Yeah. I do not believe that Kyle Whittingham will remain the head coach of this team by his own, by his own hand. I think he resigns. I think it's time for something new for Kyle Whittingham. I, I think I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think the Aaron Lowe situation probably cemented that because I've never seen him this emotional for this amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult thing, but I, I think overall this time was coming either way. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. It is um, – it's going to be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I, and, look, I see all your comments about Urban Meyer and, um, you know, Greg Haskins, your comment was filtered. Urban Meyer's not getting hired at USC. I, I said this yesterday on the show. Um, do you really think – that you're going to knowing what you know now about urban Meyer and you know, by the way, there's a new cameraing allowed on the urban Meyer grind. It's not good. Urban Meyer's not getting hired at USC. Yeah. So we can sit here and we can fantasize and think about, and I know USC fans were all excited about that. You really think you're going to hire that guy to be your next head coach. I think Lane Kiffin has a better chance of getting his job back than urban Meyer does mm. at USC. I, I just don't see that happening. I, I just don't. I really don't. Yeah, I just don't think you can hire a guy who has the character issues, and, and I think the character issues have, have have clearly been with him everywhere he's been. It's just who he is. Yeah. I, I It'll be interesting to see because I, I think there's going to be – you know, again, I, I can't see Kalani leaving BYU right now. No. I know they want him. I know that their number one candidate is – you know, Franklin, I know that the enemy is a guy in that mix. But this is going to be a long process. You're going to have to sit on your hands for this because there are the guys they want are in important times in their season. And you're not going to get Kalani or James Franklin or Eric B enemy or anybody else that's employed as a football coach to interview for that job right now. I just I just don't see that happening. I really don't, you know, yeah. like I, I, I think it's one of those things where USC is just on the clock. Well, and they knew that when they hired, uh, uh, Helton or when they fired Clay Helton. Clay Helton so, yeah. you know, I mean, they knew that this was going to be the, the process. So I don't think they're in a rush. Man, I just the, think it's how it plays out. The PAC 12 is a mess, dude. Yeah. It's it, it is so frustrating to be a fan of the PAC 12. I mean, incredible. By the way, does BYU belong in the college football playoff? Even if they run the table. Yeah. If they run the table, they do. But it's very simple. One loss and you're done. I think the issue is, speaking of the Pac-12 being putrid, I think the issue is that you're going to – I think you're going to have to justify your schedule because the Pac-12 has been just garbage. And yeah. Boise's, Boise hasn't been Boise. 
Utah State's not good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're going to have trouble. I think they're going to have trouble. And it I just, just think depends. It's a, balance. it's a balance between being undefeated and having a crappy schedule, you know? So it's like, you know, we, we have it seemingly before this year because Clemson's not good this year, obviously. But, you know, when it was the Trevor Lawrence, you know, Etienne days, you know, you had a team in Clemson that had a crappy-ass schedule every single year because of the conference they play in, yet they were still in. So I don't know. Like, I think it, it obviously Clemson got more, you know, street credit, if you will, than BYU will. But I think if you're BYU and you're undefeated, it's kind of hard to keep you out of the college football playoff. But that's just me. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a difficult road to hoe. They're going to have to go undefeated without uh, without question. Let's switch gears, talk a little NBA uh, because the Jazz opened the preseason last night in San Antonio and not almost anybody here saw it. Um. And I know, by the way, this game is completely meaningless. Uh, you know, like, oh, they shot 32%. We're screwed. <laughs> Who cares? It's game one of the preseason in San Antonio. And you didn't watch the game. Um, it means absolutely nothing. What happened last night means nothing. And I know that Jazz fans are, you know, are excited about Jared Butler and he could have scored 100 last night. It means nothing. Yeah. Um, like, with all due respect, I think you're just trying to shake the rocks out. I mean, you look at the guys who didn't even play in this game. Um, you look at the way that they shot the ball. Like, it just – it means <laughs> – I mean, it literally means nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, I just think the bigger the, – the streaming thing and the lack of being able to watch the game is the issue. I, I, I think people were pissed. I don't think. I know people were pissed that they couldn't watch the game. And I was upset about it. I was looking for it last night. And I'm like, dude, like, how do we not have, like, first it's the Pac-12, and now we don't have, you know, we don't have jazz games on TV? Like, how does that work? How is that even possible, you know? So, I don't know, man. I think it's just, I don't think you can be a Utah or a Utah Jazz or, you know, anybody and not be on TV. I don't understand that that thought process. And by the way, you didn't have it readily available for stream. Yeah. How does that work, dude? It's cool that you're on KSL. Great. Nobody gives a damn. Nobody well, at 7 o'clock at night is listening to the radio. That's the hard part of, like, this KSL zone thing. You know, like, KSL winds up managing the zone. They didn't buy the zone. They just took over management of it. And so they're, they're dueling. They're dual streaming. The games, so they're on KSL and they're on the zone. Mm -hmm. The K KSL has a massive signal. The zone has always had a crappy signal, um, and everybody's like, "Oh, game changer!" Well, cool. Where can I watch the game on TV? <laughs> and I can't. And it's just it, it it is what it is, right? Like, I mean, um. That's cool that none of your main players really played. I mean, obviously Donovan played, but you, you didn't play Rudy, Joe, you didn't play Bogdanovich. Like, yeah, it's not about, listen, it, it, it's not about the actual product on the floor in this game, right? It's not about like win or loss or you've shot 30% or we're not there yet with the Jazz. That's not no. my, my, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because I feel like more and more, we're getting situations where, you know, you're just not putting your best foot forward to give 
the best coverage of your product. How is it that Utah is not on DirecTV? Help me. Help me understand. How does that how does that work, dude? Like how how is it that that the the Utah Jazz, the only professional sports team in town, doesn't have every single game every single year on TV, it's including a, the preseason. How does I, that happen? I don't know. Why why do I have to Do you know how frustrating it is and, and not that any any again, not that fans matter or any organization gives a damn. But do you know how frustrating it is to be like, cool, yes, Jazz are playing tonight for the first time in several months since they got that ass beat by Terrence Mann in the corner. Okay. I want to see. I want to see the Jazz. Good Lord. I want. Well, it's true though. Tell me, Jazz fans, tell me it's not true that you weren't thinking that last night. All right. Well, Jazz New Twitter. Season. Jazz Twitter was upset about it. New season. We can let go of the Clipper thing. Let's new season. The right? worst tweet I saw last night essentially said, "Same old Jazz. Can't watch him on TV." Yeah. You know, like just and I, that's the sentiment you get. But you you, you got to understand there needs to be some time. Right? Like you have to give you have to get you have a spectacular new owner. Just give him time to get his 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 TV deal in place. And that's going to happen. Um as for the outcome last night, the Jazz shot 32%. Who cares? I'm not like what what happened last night? I'm more concerned that you played Donovan Mitchell 20 plus minutes. Why? Why? You know, like why why would you even risk that? You know, like it, it is the the I don't know. The NBA preseason is so useless. Like it you know like Doke had a nice game last night. Chair Butler had a nice game last night. How many minutes are those guys going to play in the regular season? I mean, in my opinion, uh, Yudoka Azubuki's not going to be more than a 10-minute guy. The, you're, you're just not. You didn't pay Whiteside that much money, and the albatross that is Rudy Gobert's contract means you're not going to play him 15 minutes a night, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you, you, he's not going to play that much. Like I, somebody was tweeting at me about my guy, Elijah Hughes. He looked good. He looked good in game one of the preseason. You know, like I, I, I am of the mind that most of these guys now. Jared Butler's a little different. You know, it's nice to see him come out and play well and feel good. It's his first game as a pro, and you like the numbers he puts up, and you're excited about that. But I, I mean, outside of Butler, I mean, just don't, don't ride this hype train. Don't drink the juice, right? But that's what that's what tends to happen in in jazz country. Oh, it's game one of the preseason. Just just start printing the championship banner now. Did you see Doak dunk that ball? <laughs> Settle the f down. Like, just relax. Here's what's going to happen, Tonto. Right? Just relax is what I'm saying. Um, I have to pirate jazz games as well as Cardinal games. Our only choice on Sunday is Denver, and it makes me puke, says the night guy. NFL package? <laughs> Cam Harrison says, friend of mine is from Dallas. He pays monthly subscription for all Mavericks games. But that's what the Jazz need. The Jazz need, the, frankly, the Jazz should have what the, what the Lakers have. And I, I know that the Lakers have their own thing, man. They have their own unique content. Like, And again, I will just say, and I, I think you're going to get that, but AT&T Sportsnet is not doing the job. No. The Utah Jazz need their own thing. And if every Jazz game is not streaming on a mobile phone somewhere, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right. It is, 
And again, as much as the on-floor result doesn't matter, not having this Jazz game on TV readily a bit. Why is it not on KJazz? Yeah, don't get it. Why? Like, it, what sense does this make? You know, like it just is. It's embarrassing. Their TV yes. deal is embarrassing. You're yes. an NBA franchise that cannot be watched on a regular basis on a mobile device. We're not getting inside the practice. We're not getting, hey, features and lifestyle shit. And we're not getting like all the content that that most good teams put out. The Jazz don't do that. You know, like, sure, you're getting beached by the media. Oh, the media. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? I mean, the glowing reviews. Oh, oh my, my God. God Jared Butler is... I mean, I mean, what shoes do you think Jared Butler is going to wear in the NBA Finals this coming season? Like, I'm curious. Like, when we're having the parade, like, through Temple Square, I, I mean, is Donovan going to be throwing out some of his shoes? Bro, that's where Jazz fans and the media are. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, A, slow your roll, and B, it's embarrassing they're not on TV. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Uh, Butler to allow Joe to camp in the corner. Joe's not going to be in the corner wearing a jazz uniform. Just saying. <laughs> Where? Just and, and James Bro. Knight. I know that you're a huge Joe Ingles guy. I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. Where does he fit into this offense? Because you know who Joe Ingles is. Joe Ingles is Steve Kerr at the end of his career. Which is, hey, just make sure there's not a wrinkle in the warm up. Okay, we really want to make sure that your warm-up outfit is perfectly pressed so that you look good. And then, hey, here's a pat on the ass, and hey, good job. Hey, remember to run over that screen. Don't go under. Go over. You know what I'm saying? Put some shrimp on the Barbie, mate. Like, that's who Joe Ingles is going to be. He's going to be a coach that's going to play a few minutes. He'll knock down some threes. And during the season, James Knight's going to be like, you dumb son of a bitch, I told you. He can still hit threes. He can still hit threes. Joe Ingles is a valuable member of this team. That might be true. As a coach, he is very valuable. I mean, he, he there is – but as a player, if Joe Ingles is playing 20 minutes a game, it's too much. That's not what we're about. It's too much. It's too much. Who are you going to take off the floor to play Joe Ingles? James? Lucas' mom. Yeah. Lucas' mom, from what I understand, you can go to the hole with Lucas' mom. Hey, but the point is, okay, that was probably too abrupt. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, see what happened was, um, um, no. um, all I'm saying is if you look at Joe as a, uh, is a one, two, three on this team, you're not taking Conley off for him. You're we're, the, the days of point jingles are over, right? Cause you're not taking Butler off the floor for him. Um, you're not taking Don off. You're not taking Clarkson off. Are you okay. going to take Bogdanovich? Well, but now you have more depth there, right? And now it depends on, like, Eric Paschal is going to play your 3-4-5. We saw him playing a little small and a little bigger last night. Well, we didn't physically see Well, no, that's a good point. Yeah. It wasn't I mean, on TV because sure, yeah, it's the know. Jazz. They're not on TV. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, kick you know, it, we'll yeah, we'll listen to the game on KSL together, and we'll smoke wings on the Traeger we give away. But the point is, listen, man. I like Joe Ingles. I respect Joe Ingles. But him and Kevin, him and Kyle Whittingham are going to hang out after the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know. Bro. 
James Knight says, "You are cold." James Knight's like, "Hey, do you guys even watch jazz games?" LOL. <laughs> and kick a person when he's down. <laughs> the night guy says, "Tanner, um, yeah, that's a joke." What did Tanner say? It's something not good. The Jazz aren't the uh, only pro team in Utah. Don't forget the Real Salt. Okay, stop. Um. That's a good point, though. Real Salt Lake games are on TV. You know. Okay, let's move on. Um, <laughs> look into the app live stream. You'll get every sport you can imagine. Okay. Brylark says, Joe might as well already have been traded. I'm sure the Jazz have already told him that, that that's their intention. Well, I mean, are they going to – are they going to pick up his option next week? No. Because he's he's option able next week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like it, it, it'll be there. Welcome to the show, Christopher Kennedy. Good luck. Hope you win the Traeger. He tagged us both. On See, Twitter. it's that simple, man. Just, that's how you get subscribed and, and get in. Um, BYU Mafia said... <laughs> He deleted his tweet. I can't see your tweet. He's probably going to resend it. Vanish mode. No, it wasn't vanish mode. Do you know how when somebody deletes a tweet, they yeah. tweet it and then delete it? I couldn't see it. Anyway. All right. All right. Good, um, talk. Good talk. Did you notice Facebook was down yesterday? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Noticed it. Uh, I actually noticed it on Instagram first, to be honest okay. with you. When it was like, couldn't load feed. Can't load the feed. Okay. Jeremy Bolton, why would you say something like that? What did he say? What a jerk. I'd rather watch my dog's ass get vacuumed than watch soccer. Wow. What? <laughs> By the way, so we went out we went to Petco last night because Oh boy. We had to get a larger cone of shame. Oh boy. Because he is just at the buffet of his butthole. <laughs> right? Like, like my dog. I'm serious. Like I I don't know if, if he I don't know what he's cooking down there. But my man is just eating chocolate cake. Yeah, it does. That's a gnar, dude. So he got like, this huge cone of shame. Yeah, and then he runs up to you and he's like, hey, can I look your face? Can I look your face? I have feces on my tongue. Let me look your face. No, I'm good, bro. Thanks. Um, my fucking yeah, ass. No, no. Uh, yeah, so my dog has had like whatever. I, uh, Frankly, I warned him about safe sex. Like he went out and got whatever this viral thing in his butthole is. Where in society today and so he we thought it was over and he started licking again so we were like okay well um you know we're gonna have to get a bigger cone of shame so we did okay and he's been unhappy about that yeah i couldn't find him this morning we put it on last night okay couldn't find him this morning he wasn't on the couch where he usually sleeps it wasn't down here had to go of course, I walked all the way downstairs. I had to walk all the way back upstairs, and he was sleeping like on the floor next to a uh, a bed between a bed and a chair in my <laughs> mother-in-law's room. Like, what are you doing? Being weird. Yeah. Okay. Although, if I was wearing a cone of shame, it'd be weird too. Yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. Facebook was out yesterday. Yeah. How about Mark Zuckerberg losing like billions of dollars? Seven billion in worth. Yeah, which I thought was a a cool offshoot of this, um, you know, which is good. Ooh, David Montgomery Bears running back only expected to miss a month. Good. Yeah, they say he avoided the ACL tear, so that's huge. Which is good. I mean, Andy Dalton will still be the quarterback then, but you know, at least they'll have him back on the field. I would agree. Um, is Facebook bad for us? I think Facebook is bad for us. Yeah. Which is why I don't use it. 
Um, and I, un like I said yesterday, I unlinked my Instagram from my Facebook. Yeah. I haven't deleted the Facebook app off my phone altogether. Although I probably should. And my wife just came sprinting into our studio with the cone of shame. Which means she took it off the dog and I'm not sure why. But anyway, the point is, the point is. Yeah. I thought it was very good. It was cool to see people celebrating and being liberated from Facebook and Instagram yesterday. I actually thought that was one of the big narratives on social yesterday is people didn't miss Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, it, people were really happy about it, and there's a bunch of jokes being made about it. And, and I think it just goes to show you that we have to be more honest with ourselves. Like, we got to stop taking things in that we don't like. And if you don't like Facebook, like, don't be on Facebook, you know? Like, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. And I, and I think that social media is just a very tough thing. It is a it is it's an addiction. Yeah. And if you don't I, I, I don't know how you don't see that. Like social media is an addiction straight yeah. away. There's no there's no if ands or buts, candies, nuts, nothing, nothing like it is absolutely an addiction. And I, I don't think that it is there's even much to talk about, you know, like it is to me, Facebook is uh, just an absolute cesspool of death and violence and negativity. And I honest to goodness, if Facebook got shut down tomorrow, I'd be very happy. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Because I, I just think it's terrible for our world. We we had a hoax conspiracy theory about our presidential election because of Facebook. The misinformation and lies about the vaccine lives on Facebook. Like it. The damage that Facebook does in society, like QAnon, lives on Facebook. Yes. How many people have said, well, you know, I, I saw a story on Facebook and didn't get vaccinated. Well, they didn't say it because they're dead. It was in their eulogy and it, the speeches at their funeral. Yeah. Where their family was like, well, hey, you know, he saw a story on Facebook. and Yeah. And I, and I think if you haven't seen the 60 Minutes thing on this, I, go on YouTube. It's on YouTube. It's, it is... Um uh, compelling to say the least yeah i would agree with that daryl says close facebook six months ago feels good only do twitter for laughs i like it um and it's funny you asked marcus about the six thousand dollar bed because i don't have the six thousand dollar bed anymore and i'm actually sleeping really well what i slept really well last night again um now my wife bought a blanket that weighs like ten thousand pounds um, so when me and nighttime P guy hung out last night at three 30, mm -hmm. um, I had a foot cramp trying to kick the weighted blanket that we use back into position, like the worst foot cramp wow. ever. But then once that was done, I went right back to sleep, but that blanket's warm. It like cuddles you. It's awesome. Yeah. I like the weighted blanket. If a you've lot. never tried a weighted blanket, it's totally worth it. It is heavy though. Yeah. <laughs> it's weighted. That means it's heavy. Um, but I actually slept pretty well last night again. Like this is, we got the new bed last Friday and this has been, I didn't sleep so good Friday night, but now like Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, I've slept really well as good as I've slept the last three nights in a month. Good. And it is, I think it's making a difference. I, it matters. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it absolutely matters for sure. There's no doubt about it. And I think that Sometimes we try to do too much with simple things in life, you know? If it's not broke, don't fix it type thing. Cabe Kristalib says, but without Facebook, where do I go to find a group of underwater basket weavers? Hey, look here, man. Somewhere else? Meetup. You know, like, yeah, go to me. <laughs> exactly, go to Meetup. Um, right, the 2016 election, right? Yes, it was right, but not on Facebook. Um, it's just amazing to me 
It's amazing to me how addicted to Facebook people are. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it's literally just a place where you see a bunch of negativity. I don't mean like Insta. I like Instagram. I happen to be a fan of Instagram. But now knowing that, you know, it's having the impact that it's having on young women in this country. I'm not thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, but I really I'm a TikTok and Twitter user more than anything else. I don't regularly post on my Instagram story anymore. Um, I used to post like every day. But, you know, now I need to probably post. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I look at Instagram every day. I look at TikTok more than anything and Twitter probably third. Well, Twitter is different, though. Like, Twitter I mean, it is, is where social I, media, but it's different. Twitter is where I get my news. Yeah. I use Twitter as a news source. That's that's pretty much why I have Twitter and what yeah. I use it for. And you interact with people and Twitter. Twitter is very different from the other two. That's for sure. Um, Decaber nineteen eighty one says, "What do you think the floor ceiling is with Jacob Conover?" Well, we I think we kind of covered. Yeah, that we already. covered that. You can go back to the beginning and listen, but I mean, he has the chance to be the best quarterback that's ever played at BYU, or he could be the worst. There, does that cover it? <laughs> I think that covers it. Let's talk about the deck real quick before we get out of here, because you know I have really struggled with uh, contractors, really struggled with contractors. Um, we had our bathrooms redone. It was a flipping disaster. Mm -hmm. We had pavers put in. It did not. The paver job, the bathroom job turned out well. The paver job turned out really well. But dealing with the contractors has been a nightmare. I will downsize your face with a shovel. An absolute nightmare. And so now we buy a, my wife goes out without my permission and buys a $10,000 hot tub. Do you want to set up the meeting? She paid for it with NFTs. Um, she didn't. Wow. We made the decision to go out and buy a hot tub. So we went to the hot tub show, uh, picked out our hot tub. Everything was great. Well, what they don't tell you is there's like 10 G's more you got to do on top of the 10 G's you pay for the tub. So we have tried to get an electrician to wire the harness. The hot tub won't be here till December, mm -hmm. but you have to have a whole wiring thing done. The guy like is it, just finally after three weeks of asking, sent me his insurance in a state license yesterday. After three weeks of asking. And we went through like, I think we got three or four bids for a deck guy. One guy came over and was like laying on our patio furniture, scratching his balls like, oh man, I'm so tired. The other guy was like $8 million. Yeah. Like, so on the show, Teddy Wayman said, well, hey, you know, my cousin owns this a construction guy. company. So, of course, it's like, okay, well, I'll give this guy a shot. What do I have to lose? He certainly can't be any worse than any other of these assholes that came by my house. Well, it's actually worked out really well. We gave the job to Wayman Brothers Construction. And he did a bid. We He revised the bid for us. And yesterday or last week, he showed up and poured footings. Yesterday, he showed up and ripped the deck off the back of our house. And completely rebuilt and installed a new deck. And today, he's going to come and finish that. He's got to put the, it's called Trex, the boarding on top of the, the deck. Mm -hmm. But his guys actually cleaned up after themselves. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Which has never happened to us before. Mm -hmm. Even the paver guy left a mess. The, can, the guys who did our bathroom were absolutely terrible. The worst ever. Yeah, and that was on the inside of the house, obviously. And we had to pay people to clean that. Like, it was terrible. It was yeah. really, really bad. Um, 
but these guys like used a broom and a rake. Like they took away all the, the wasted wood. Like they made sure to pick up nails. They know we have dogs. So they picked up any broken or bent nails. Like it looks better than when they got here yesterday. Yeah. And they communicated. They actually like, oh my God, knocked on the door and said, Hey, you know, we ran out of nails in, so we're not going to be able to finish this job today, but we'll be back between eight 30 and nine 30 tomorrow morning. And I, if, depending on traffic or whatever he said, and yeah, we'll be here tomorrow. They leave. And then the owner of the company, Alma sends me a text message. and like, Hey, by the way, my guys ran out of nails. They'll be back tomorrow uh, with the trucks and we'll finish it up tomorrow. And then after that, we're going to pour the pad for the, the actual tub. There you go. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally that simple. Like, how difficult is this? No, it's not. <laughs> right? Like, this is not difficult. Yeah. This at is all. good customer service. At all. Really good customer service. You know, like, I, yeah. It's been so hard to find a contractor. And if he finishes this job, I'm going to let him remodel my kitchen, too. Like, that, I, I will let this guy, I will, if this guy does this job through to completion and does it well, I would not hesitate to hire him again. And that's how it works in the industry. You do a good job, you provide good customer service, and all of a sudden you're making twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on one person. And that's how it works. It's that simple. And how did we find out about Wayman Brothers? We got a referral. Yep. And uh, again, I'm just telling you, it is really hard to find a contractor right now. So I'm thrilled with him. So thank you, Teddy. Yeah. Um, Spencer Morgan says, I agree with Jeremy, who said, I don't know where Jeremy is. I don't know what Jeremy said, because frankly, there's too many comments. Kay Newren says, you are right. I have TV computer on my phone. Jazz need to wake up. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's talking about what? Why do people hate soccer so much? I am a passionate Chelsea football fan. Mm hmm. Like, I love Chelsea Football Club. I do. It, that That is one of my favorite things to enjoy. There's not much I enjoy more than that. Although The they, MLS is crap. That's why. The MLS is a joke. Yeah. It's terrible. I can't watch it. Yeah. With all due respect. Yeah. Um, and that's about all the respect you're due. Uh, like tonight, Yankees, Red Sox won't be missing that. We're working out at lunch today, or I'll work out alone because you're a lazy fat ass. Mm -hmm. I'll work out alone. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm the one who didn't want to work out. I felt terrible yesterday. Yeah, I don't know how you explain that. Good God. Well, I know how you explain it. We I, I walked 6,900 steps on Saturday um, or burned 6,900 calories, walked 13,000 steps on Saturday, I think. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, after having lifted. Um, and then Sunday morning, we got up and we, we went and worked out again. We lifted some more. And then I think I had a cup and a half of water on, on Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And I think I was terribly dehydrated. I woke up with a migraine yesterday. And just felt like garbage all day long yesterday. Yeah. So, oh, thank you. Uh, Marcus says, I've noticed you've lost weight. I've tried. Um, you know what? We've really worked hard on the nutrition piece of our life. Yep. Um, you know, like it's been changing my nutrition. And, you know, I fought my wife on it for a long time. I'll be honest with you. I'm the, when it comes to nutrition, I'm the problem in our marriage. Like it, my wife will eat. That she'll walk outside and just lay in the grass and eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Like she will just eat the grass off the ground. And she'll be like, oh, I'm so full. <laughs> I am a meat guy. So I will eat a burger. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's changed is, one, my wife called me fat. So now I've like changed the way I eat. Um, but I just don't eat bad food usually. Fat. 
Yeah, like I, I, we had French fries the other day for the first time in who, who knows how long. Yeah. Um, I had a candy bar Saturday afternoon coming home. Right. Which saved my life because I felt so much better after that. But other than that, we don't really eat that. We eat fruit. We Like yesterday for lunch, I had ground turkey and a bag of peas. Yeah. A bag of steamed well, peas. I think just eating at home is really, it's simple. It's easy. You know, you just have to prepare yourself on the weekends. You do have to prepare yourself. And I think too many times it's easy not to uh, prepare yourself. Yeah. And when you meal prep, so like we have this Traeger smoker, we need to, we, we, and we need to be meal prepping every day. And for every day on the weekends is generally what we do. Yeah. So like I think you, I have wings upstairs that we smoked. You yeah, smoked you have, over you the have, you have wings, ground turkey. You got everything you need. Yeah, I, like I'm I'm excited about it. And so my point is, um, you know, I I feel like it's one of those things where you have to really want. I think you have to really want to do well. Yeah, you do. You do. It's a choice. Absolutely. It's a choice. And I think it takes effort and it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I think it's one of those things where you just don't understand how hard it is until you try to do it. Yep. And I feel like we've we've kind of crossed a threshold nutritionally where it's not difficult for me to eat well anymore. I've gotten to a place where we now eat for utility. I don't generally eat for comfort, like which is exactly how it needs to be. Eating out of emotion or comfort is is just terrible for you. Yeah, I mean you're making you're 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 just making the wrong choices from a health perspective. It might be consistently fun to eat. making the wrong choice. Yeah, I mean it might be enjoyable to eat, but that doesn't make it good for you. You know? No, it doesn't. And I I I yeah. So I've really enjoyed it. And I I actually Saturday I was thrilled. Like I almost wanted to yell in our gym. Uh, being able to bench press two twenty five ten times is something I've been trying to do for a couple of months and I felt like I was pretty able to do it. Yeah. And you know, the other thing has been that, um, getting thinner, like I've stopped taking creatine for a minute here to, cause I really am trying to shed weight and I never thought I'd be able to, to gain the strength I've gained without using, without having creatine in my arsenal. And so to be able to bench 225 10 times was fantastic. Yeah. Um, to be able to, you know, like see definition in my arms, my biceps, triceps, like that's great to see my waist shrinking, my midsection shrinking, like it's everything I've tried to do. And it's not a gimmick. That's the thing. It's, it is not a gimmick. Yeah. You just, I I think the biggest thing too, is like you have to, it's not only the right food, but it's the portion you eat as well. You know, I think, you know, even if you over portion the right kind of food, you're not going to be able to cut because it's too much. So that's, that's the other thing. So I, I just think, you know, you, you, you finally have found your way with it. And I think that's great. And I think you're, you know, like, I, I don't have any doubt that you've lost weight. I mean, you can see it, you know, it's, it's harder for you. Cause you look at yourself every day. We all look at ourselves. Oh, and I every have day. terrible body image. Awful. Yeah. So, but like, it's very clear that you've cut, there's no doubt. Oh yeah. My clothes all fit me better and all the normal stuff, but yeah, it's because I eat less. Like I have a good breakfast. I generally eat lunch around two o'clock and then I don't generally eat much more after that. Yeah. Um, I'll have protein. I'll eat a protein bar. I generally will. I, I usually drink 80 ounces of water every day. I'm telling you, if you don't own one of these, um, and you're a big thermos guy, but yep. this is a metal cup from uh, Ghost. It's a blender bottle. It's a metal blender bottle from Ghost Protein is where I got it from Ghost Lifestyle. I I drink four of those every day. I have a black one and a red one. And they are, it keeps your water cold and 
I just love it. And when I use it, I drink 80 ounces of water every day. I do. James Knight says, school teacher update, please. Yeah, Jake, where are you at with the school teacher? Seeing her uh, tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. She had a little bit of an issue last night. Um, not that I was supposed to see her last night, but we were just talking. And, and I guess the water went out in, like, her place or something. there Because there's a bunch of construction happening by her, apparently. So, like, the water was off. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's going mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. It's shocking to me you guys just don't talk on the phone. Well, we're in a different time now. Like, you don't talk. How, how are you ever going to get to know each other if you don't talk on the phone? This feels so much like a catfish, but you've met her in person already. Yeah, it's not a catfish, dude. It's not. Not okay. even close. Have you ever FaceTimed or talked on the phone? No, we haven't. Not we met. once. Because That's we weird. met. Okay. It's not weird. It's not weird. All right. Fat Jesus says, I'm guessing that Wayman made it clear to you that you made it clear that you would complain about him on the show every day if the job and communication wasn't amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't, actually, though. Brian Lecker said, got to give Teddy a finder's fee. Send him a $100 gift card or something. I really should. Uh, Fat Jesus says, women have Instagram to make them feel bad about their bodies. Men have their wives. True. Excellent point. Excellent point. Excellent point. You know. Uh, uh-oh, what's going on with DeAndre Ayton? They're not offering him a max. Or they're reluctant to. Ayton, oh, wow. DeAndre Ayton, a key part of the Suns' run in 2021, has no intention of accepting a deal less than a comparable max contract to that of several of his 2018 classmates. The Suns' reluctance to offer a maximum rookie contract extension to DeAndre Ayton has stalled discussions on a new deal. Now, look, I like DeAndre Ayton. I'm a fan of DeAndre Ayton. But he's soft. He's soft as hell. He doesn't catch the ball well. And he doesn't like to kill people. And it's the same complaint I have about Rudy Gobert. They're soft. They are soft. And when you're a big in this league, you better be a dominant big. Because if you are not a dominant big, you're not going to be in this league for long. And at least Rudy's an elite defensive player. DeAndre Ayton is not. He is a good finisher. He is a quality you know, mid-range player, DeAndre Ayton is not irreplaceable. Yeah. And I would not offer him a max. I agree with what they're doing. Uh, Jonathan Belknap says, guys, I'm from Boise. Our D-line is destroyed. We have injuries all over the field. We will get smoked by BYU regardless who their QB is. Okay. Yeah, injuries are the worst. But this was always going to be a transition period for Boise. I think Boise, Boise needs to get into the Big 12. Boise, if it bides its time, will end up in the Big 12, in my opinion. Because I don't think the Big 12 is done expanding. Um, College football is always changing. Yeah, I <laughs> You agree. know, it's just endless cycles. Brylark says, Aiton is in a very similar situation about Rudy. We'll see if the Suns make the same mistake. Yep. Don't offer him a max because he said so. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. I agree completely. What do you curl? Oh, like arm curls like I the other day what was I doing 40 pounds mm-hmm. I don't I'm not a huge fan of lifting heavy weight like I think there's a purpose for it if you're a power lifter or if you're a competitor I, I totally get it I'm 48 years old and I'm just trying to be in better shape for snowboarding season and we're going to Hawaii for Thanksgiving in a van down by the river I just want to have sex in a van down by the river <laughs> um I do not want I I will never 
and Jake and I disagree about this and he disagrees with me on it. I will never be um I will never be a guy who tries to bench more than 225. I'm not a three plates 15 reps guy. Mm -hmm. I just don't see the need for it. Um I don't see the need like I can I can flat press 100 pound dumbbells six times. Why do I need to do more than that? You don't. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, you don't. It's true you don't. I can shoulder press probably 135, 140 pounds. I don't need to do more than that. Yeah. So I worry about the risk of injury because when you're when you're old and decrepit such as myself, um, you know, if I tear a pec bench pressing, that's a long recovery. Yeah. That's a painful recovery, right? If I'm going to get hurt, I'm going to slam myself on a hill somewhere snowboarding. Yeah. That's how I'm willing to do it. So, you know, like I'm not I, – I just want better core strength. I'm not a guy – I don't believe in crunches. I'm not somebody who's like, oh, we got to do like a 1,000 crunches today. Yeah. I'm not doing a 1,000 crunches. I'll do my compound lifting. My core is really strong right now, and I don't ever – we not ever. We don't regularly work core on its own. We don't. And my core is really strong because of the, the we pay attention to like form and technique. Um, Brylark says, don't need to lift heavy if you're losing weight. Just keep the heart rate up and you're going to, uh, and you're golden no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And you know what? You know, the thing that helped yesterday, I took two, two, like 10, 15 minute walks, which was great. Yeah. Um, teacher's going to be flat pressing Jake tonight. Hope so. And I guy says, hope so. Let's hope so. All right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. We got to go. All right. Um, hey, if you're here right now, please give us a thumbs up. Liking the show, giving us a thumbs up every day really helps the channel grow. Um, hit subscribe. Take a picture that you're subscribed. Um, tag us on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. Um, the Monty Show for me. Jake is SLC Supercars. You're entered to win the Traeger Smoker. And we're also going to give away this Xbox. By the way, thank you on the audio podcast. Uh, we have had an incredible run on the audio podcast on this show. Anywhere you want a podcast, just search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Get on Google and just Google search The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Love you. Appreciate you. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.